Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. So listen now as I read from John chapter 6, verses 1 to 15. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread, so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. And so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather this morning. Thank you that we can gather here in this space. Uh, Thank you that we can gather through technology, through Zoom. We thank you that you have given us your word. We thank you that Jesus came down to earth, and that he did these signs to show himself to be God and to show your true character to us. We thank you that they are written down for us. So we pray now that as we reflect on your word, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that this may not be mere information for our heads, but truly transformation for our hearts, that it may change the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have now, it is, it is the end of January. Uh, it has now been a full um, two years since we started to worry uh, about this COVID thing. Um, almost two years that we have been very dramatically impacted by it. And of course, COVID has had all kinds of terrible effects, uh, most particularly, of course, on the many people who have died um, and many who have been sick, uh, many who have been hospitalized, all the, the doctors and nurses and all who have cared for them. But for those, of us, for those of us who have not been touched by those things, or not been touched closely by those things, one of the hardest things over the past two years has been the sense of uncertainty and anxiety and the lack of control, that we simply have no idea what is going to happen. I don't know, perhaps some of you not quite as frustrated as me, uh, not on COVID, but just on yesterday of snow coming in and 
the uncertainty thinking we could meet at one place and now, now we can't. Well, could we meet at another place? I feel out of control. I don't like to feel out of control. I don't think any of us like to feel out of control. But here's, here's the truth. The truth of the matter is that we have a couple challenges uh, before us. One challenge is that we don't like feeling out of control. But the other challenge is that we're really not very good at being in control. We really don't have the means to control things very well. And when we try to control, things often go badly. And so when we reflect on John chapter 6 and what the main message of this for us is here, the main thing that John wants to present to us, the main thing we see John presenting is a picture of Jesus who is in absolute control. Jesus is in absolute control. He knows exactly what he is going to do. We have people who don't know what to do. We have people who are hungry. And there's some fascinating details here. So people are following Jesus, verse 2, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Well, that's a good reason. They need something. They need help. And Jesus is, is a miracle worker. And so they're, they're following him. Now, verse 4 is a fascinating detail. Now, the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And they're like, why? Why, John? Why are you telling us that the Passover is at hand? But the Passover tells us that this was a time, the Passover was the time that God had rescued his people from being slaves in Egypt, where they were very distinctly not in control, and they needed to be rescued. So if the Passover is at hand, the people that are coming to Jesus are people who need to be rescued. And we are people who need to be rescued. And then we get another detail, another great detail. Verse six, Jesus asked Philip, we'll get back to this question there in a minute. But verse 6, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. He himself knew it. Jesus got this. He looks up, people are coming, it's Passover, he says, here's what I'm going to do. But he, 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 he holds off for a second. So he's in control. And then Verse 15, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. He will not be controlled by anybody else because Jesus is the one in absolute control. And that is the message that we need this morning. That is the message of grace for us that we need to know that just as Jesus fed 5,000 people, from five loaves of bread and two small fish, that Jesus is in absolute control even today. And whatever needs you come in with, whatever uncertainties you face, whatever hardship is going on in your life, Jesus is in control. He's got this. So what is our response? If that's the main thing that this is telling us about God, the main thing is that Jesus is in absolute control. What do we do? What do we need to do? All we can do is take small steps of faith. What's the, what's the human response here, the right human response? It's not, it's not much. Verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. True. I, I have nothing. I can't, I can't do it, is what Philip says. One of his disciples, verse 8, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Can you, 
you think about how Andrew might have must have felt. You know, Jesus says, like, what are we going to do? Where should we buy bread? And Andrew's like, well, there's five loaves of bread here and two fish. Like, would you have even said that if you were Andrew? Like, it's such a silly thing. It was, it was barely enough for the boy. Not even enough for 12 disciples. Certainly not enough for 5,000 men. And yet, Andrew said, well, here's what I've got. And that is what we say to Jesus. We take our small steps of faith and obedience, and we let God work those in to amazing things. So what, what more can we say? So that's the, the big picture here is that Jesus is in absolute control. We take small steps of faith. Say, oh, that's great. I would like to take a small step of faith. It's nice that, he, that he's in control. But is there any more here for me? So real, real briefly, there are three aspects of Jesus being in control here that we can be encouraged by this morning to encourage us to take these small steps of faith. First is that Jesus invites us in to do his work. The second is that Jesus provides abundantly. And the third is that Jesus chooses his own timing. I, I wanted to make them all line up alliteration and all that, but, but I just didn't. So Jesus invites us in to do his work. Jesus provides abundantly. And Jesus chooses his own timing. First, Jesus invites us in. Jesus knew what he was going to do. It was the Passover. This is the time that God acts, that God rescues. God sent the plagues on Egypt. God protected the firstborn of Israel with the blood on the door. God fed them manna in the wilderness after he rescued them from Egypt. God, God, God. And yet, Jesus, knowing at Passover, knowing what he's going to do, he says to Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that these people may eat? He invited Philip into it. He invites his disciples into it. This particular uh, detail is not in John, but in the other gospel accounts, uh, it says that Jesus has the disciples distribute the bread to the people. He invites them into it. And then when they gather them, he does tell them here in John, verse 12, he told his disciples, go gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments. Filled 12 baskets, one for each disciple. He invited them in to do the work. So Jesus is in absolute control, but he gives us the privilege of participating in it. And this is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful encouragement for us because when we are in need, when we need help, we say, God, help me. Where is that help going to come from? Is God going to help me? What is, is he going to reach down from heaven? Is he going to change the circumstances around me? What is God going to do? Most likely, he is going to invite some other people in to help. So when you say, God, help me. God, I need your help. God, save me. Where is that going to come from? It's going to come from his people. How is that actually going to play out in your life? You've got to be looking for the people of God around you who will help you out. The people of God who will listen to your needs. Who will stand by you when you're struggling. Who will take you in when you have nowhere to go who will feed you when you are hungry, who will give you what you need. Look for the people of God because those are the ones whom God is using to, 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 to take care of you, to save you, to pass over you. And on the flip side of that, each of us should be looking for where is God inviting us in? Where is God inviting us to serve and be his hands and feet to other people? For we are never, it's, it's never, 
We're, we're never just in one position. All of us are in need of other people to serve us and take care of us. And all of us are called to serve and take care of other people. There may be times in your life where one of those feels more or less, times in your life where you feel particularly needy, times in your life where you feel particularly able to serve and give. But for most of us throughout our lives, we're going back and forth, often doing both at the same time. And so we need to be looking for that. Where do you need to accept God's help this morning from his people? Where do you need to serve and offer your help? Offer to be Jesus to somebody else. Offer your five loaves and two fish. Even if it doesn't seem like you have much, you say, here, Jesus, what can you do with this? And then when we do, he provides abundantly. Five loaves, it's not very much. I've actually only got four here, but you get the picture. This is about how much the boy brought. Five little loaves, enough, enough for a boy's lunch, sure. Maybe enough to share with one. And they offered this up to Jesus. But what happened? As Jesus broke this and he shared it with the people, and they ate and the crumbs fell down, and then Jesus sent his disciples out, they went out with baskets. This is just one basket. I could take four loaves, put them in this basket, and they're gone, and they disappear. And yet they filled 12 of these with broken crumbs. From five loaves, they filled 12 baskets of broken crumbs. And why did Jesus tell them up to gather them up? That nothing may be lost. That we may see the abundance of God in our lives. That from five loaves offered to him in a small step of faith, he filled 12 baskets of fragments after feeding 5,000 people. Do we need, do we lack anything? We lack nothing when God is on our side. For Jesus is in absolute control. So how can we grasp this truth in our life? How can we become more aware of God's abundance? Why did Jesus want nothing to be lost? He wasn't, he wasn't going to feed them again, I don't think. But he wanted each disciple to have a basket, to see the crumbs for himself, to see that each disciple in his hands had more than they had started with. And so we can grasp the wonder of God's goodness and abundance if we give thanks, if we celebrate, if we take time to say, where has God blessed me? To name those things and call them out, to share them with one another, to give the testimonies so that we may know the abundance of God and be encouraged and reminded that God will take care of us in whatever we need. Jesus invites us to do his work. He provides abundantly. And the final aspect of him being in control is that Jesus chooses his own timing. Jesus chooses, and I already read verse 15, but I'll read it again. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This would have been, would have been a logical time to say, this is it. I am God. I am here. I have fed you in the wilderness, just like uh, God fed your forefathers in the wilderness. He's going to explain that explicitly a little bit later in the chapter. Uh, God gave manna through Moses to the people of Israel to feed them. Jesus has now fed them bread in the wilderness. This is a king you can follow. He could, have, he could have stepped up and said, come on, follow me. Let's throw down the Romans. He didn't even have to step up and say it. They were going to do it for him. They were going to lift him up. And Jesus said, it's not my time. It's not my way. Jesus' way to become king, Jesus' time to become king, 
was not to come at the head of an army fed with bread from heaven, but was to come enthroned on the cross. That was his throne. That was his way to be king on the cross. It was not something the people could see. It was not something that they could understand. That they could not, they could not understand yet that the ultimate bread from heaven comes in the sacrifice of his body. And yet he is, that is his timing. And so how do we respond to that in our step of faith? We trust him. We say, Jesus, I, I, I wish that this religion was different. I wish that there was a clearer set of rules to follow. But you tell me that it's a relationship with you. You tell me that it's asking you for the forgiveness of my sins and trusting that you will work things out in this world. And we put our faith in him. We say, Jesus, I, I don't understand all of this, but I need my sins to be forgiven. I need to be strengthened with your food. I need to walk in your ways. And that step is not just a step of initial faith as we enter into his kingdom and into his family. It's a lifelong pattern. We're returning to Jesus in humility saying, Jesus, I still have no idea what you're doing. I would not do things this way. I would not have snowstorms consecutive weeks on Saturday. Why should God's people be hindered from worshiping? It does not make sense to me. I frequently do not understand God's timing. I do not understand how God is working. And yet I trust that he is the one in control. Because if we can trust him in anything, if there is anything to this Christianity, if there is anything to this Jesus, then we can trust him in everything. It's all or nothing. If we are trusting that he has forgiven our sins, we can trust him to guide our steps. If we are trusting that he will provide, that he is going to take us to heaven and give us eternal life, we can trust him to provide for us now. If we trust him in anything, we can trust him in everything, for he is the one in control. He fed 5,000 people in the wilderness that day so long ago. He will feed us today with everything that we need. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would sink this word deep into our hearts. Show us what it means for each one of us this morning. We pray now that as we come to your table, that you will, you will, speak to, that you, you will feed us with your food. You will give us life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.